Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Read Up, the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. Today's book is The Gunslinger by Stephen King, the first book in the Dark Tower series. And today's guest is Scott, because I can't do a season without Scott coming on for at least one episode to guest. So, uh, and this is actually, I think this is the only one you're on for the season, unless I change something in the lineup. So, this is, welcome. Oh, well, it, not only is that, is that how can you do a Stephen King novel without me guesting? I mean, you That's did true. one. You did Cujo without me. And I was like, okay, I, I'll let this one slide. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you well, do you like Cujo? I can, I've can never read Cujo. Oh, well, I, that's why I didn't have you on to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> what do you think? I didn't read it. What are you, a kid in my class? Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I deal with that all year. I don't need that on the podcast too. So, um, so we're here to talk about no, we're here to talk about the Gunslinger Dark Tower series because I as as I've said on the podcast before, I think and as you know, I'm doing the chronological Stephen King read, um, and I and I've resisted reading. Part of the reason for the chronological read actually is the Dark Tower. Because I know there's uh, this like there's like the multiverse or the King verse, and there's like references and characters or all these different things to all these different Stephen King books that kind of like slide in and out, not necessarily part of the narrative fully, but you know like but you get more you get the Easter egg portion right if you yes. if you're a Stephen King reader, and I love Easter eggs. Easter is my favorite holiday. It's not, but um, <laughs> you know I like eggs, so. Uh, so I, I'm doing the chronological read. So by the time that I get to the seventh book in the Dark Tower series, I'm like, "Hey, I've read all the books that he referenced up until this point, you know, in whatever right. capacity that they exist." And technically, there's an eighth book, so we can get into that too. What? I don't have time for that nonsense. <laughs> so, but we, yeah, but is it? Is it a? Uh... It's Cujo, isn't it? You haven't read it yet. It's no, like... no, 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 no. I actually – haven't I shared with you the list I made in publication order of all the Dark Tower books and the books that they reference or reference or – like there's a list I, I made. I thought I shared it with you. I think you've told me about it. I don't think you've shared it with me, but I actually would like to take a look. I would like to take a look at that. Um, so this is weirdly – so this is the second time I've read The Gunslinger. Really? I, okay. Yeah. So this is because I – I read it, oh gosh, a couple years ago, and then I read part of The Drawing of the Three, the second book, and I was like, my God, I don't care. Like, I just didn't care. And that really wasn't The Gunslinger, it was more The Drawing of the Three. Like, I got I got halfway through before they got to the third door, spoilers, um, for Drawing of the Three, and I was I just like, whew, come on, we gotta, like, go somewhere with this. And so I was interested to go back to the gunslinger because there was like some I have some type of retrospect on it, you know, and there was a bunch of stuff I didn't remember. Like I didn't remember the mutants in the cave, the slow mutants. Uh, I didn't remember the number 19 turning toll the town of toll or whatever it's called bonkers. Mm-hmm. Like I re- basically remember 
the man in black f- fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. Because and... everyone quotes that because it's an amazing first sentence. It is, an, it is one of the best first sentences of tw- in the 20th, 20th century literature. It is, it is direct and to the point and tells you almost everything you need to know about that book in the first sentence. It hooks you. And first sentences so rarely hook me. And so um, – but I remember the town – and and I remember like Hey Jude playing honky tonky on the piano, and then for my memory just skipped right to the conversation with the Man in Black with Walter Odim. Like I missed somehow I missed the rest of the book. So when I texted you, and I was like, you need to come on read up and tell me why I need to care about the Gunslinger. I hadn't gotten to the Walter chapter yet, and then I went through it and I was like. Oh hey, this is really interesting. Like so, I did enjoy this book after all. <laughs> okay. I, I I was coming in thinking like this was going to be a gunfight. Like I, I was ready. I had I had my six shooters on. I was like, okay, let's bring. I, I expected to have a wah 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 <laughs> tumbleweed. <laughs> oh yeah, which is a great reference to the gunslinger because it was after seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly that Stephen King went and wrote this book. Right, yeah, you know, and I liked. I was reading his intro to the book, and he was talking about like like how Sergio Leone didn't have like like geography correct, so like, and that was like a weird metaphysical thing, and he wanted to adapt that, and he definitely did in the Gunslinger, and I think that was part of my problem the first time I read it, where I was like, where is any of this, and like, and like, you like when you think like he enters the saloon right in in the town. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm in – you think it's like a Western bar. And he's like, hey, Jude's playing honky-tonk on a piano. He's like, I'll have three hamburgers. And you're like, but but so like what is it – what does it look like? What is it – what is this place? And that's what I think still kind of gets me about it. I'm like, I don't know how to visualize this world. Okay, now that's interesting because the very first time I read it – I've read it twice as well. Okay. I read it for the first time in 1997 – Right after the fourth book, Wizard and Glass, came out. And they had these really nice-looking trade paperbacks at, at, that all matched for the first four. So mm-hmm. I remember I bought all four. The covers were gorgeous. And they had these painted illustrations uh, every once in a while in oh. the book. So, oh. like, at well, the end of the – Oh, yeah. my God. It's great. Like, at the end of the Battle of Tull, there is an illustration that you just see, like – the sh- like the sea of dead bodies after he's like Roland's taken out everybody. There's there's this very evocative painting, and and not just illustrations. They're paintings that are in the book. So if you get the hardcover now, uh, you get those like I, I forgot what you call those like one one page illustrations in books. I forgot what you would call that technically i don't know i know what you mean it's like an insert or a splash page or whatever exactly yeah. and and they they all the books especially if you get them in hardcover they they all have those and so the trade paperbacks from 97 had them and that was me reading and that's something we'll get into later there's actually two versions of the gunslinger you can read so i feel like that probably helped and maybe i also just imagined the western town idea and i didn't need the language 
to paint that for me because I was working off some sort of collective conscious of what does an old West town look like. See, and, and that's and what I, I that's what I was that's what I was going off of too. But then when they would ins- when you insert things like a rail car or a grill, it like it throws me for a loop. And I think it's supposed to though. I think that's the point is that you're supposed to realize this is not our world. Yes. Mid midworld is not our world. And I love how he calls it midworld because I really feel like that's a great reference to Middle Earth. Like it he, totally he, is middle. It's between Midgard and Middle Earth, right? That's like the cuz Midgard or Middle Earth is just Midgard and Midgard is just Earth. And so it's just all this cuz he says he's like I wrote this because I loved Lord of the Rings. When I was 19, but I didn't want to write this at 19 because I knew I would just try to make my own version of Lord of the Rings. So I really appreciate that side of it where he's like, I'm going to do something different. But I just feel like this first book where I can almost feel him trying to do something different. Like, well, and and another thing is that you're reading the revised version as well. Like he he what what maybe your listeners don't know is that he wrote the gunslinger originally like in the 1970s i think it's actually credited as the first book it's not the first book he published but it's like one of the first books he actually wrote really and he held on that and he held on to it oh he does that he does that a lot he did that with pet cemetery for a while he wrote it and it scared him so he put it in a drawer right well gunslinger was kind of like that too and then what happened was by you by the time you get to you know the late nineties, early two thousands, he's already written four books in the series, and then Stephen King had his famous accident where he got hit by the truck. I think it was and a van. It was a van. Oh, okay, it was, it was a van. van. The only reason uh, I know that because because he references it in the introduction. In the introduction, and, right? And he, he like labels the type of car. It was like a Chevy four passenger, like four door van. Well, the idea was he did not want to be one of those writers who has this long-going series, and he never finished it. <coughs> George R. R. Martin. And, um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully yeah. George R. R. Martin is not hit by a van, though the way 2020 is going, you know, <laughs> one, one wouldn't be surprised. Right. Well, yeah. what he decided to do is that while he was in his recovery, he, he wrote – Books five, six, and seven in the series, so that the last three books were published within one calendar year of each other. You know, I know that I because I was working at a bookstore. So was I. The, well, yes. yeah, right, yeah. When those books came out, I was. Yep, I, re- I remember like the havoc of like that caused it havoc in a good way, and like the bookstore made money. But you exactly. Know. Uh, but then what he also did was that he went back and. What, as they put it, revised and expanded the gunslinger because he realized after 20 something years of writing the series, it's kind of one of these things is not like the other. And he realized that the Mm -hmm. gunslinger really didn't fit as well into the overall mythology of the series because it was the first one he wrote. So then he went back and what he does is he throws in uh, mythology and references Basically, he adds in foreshadowing that he couldn't do in the 70s because he hadn't come up with the ideas yet. Right. So, then, so then he went back and put the foreshadowing in. So someone now, post-2003, reading The Gunslinger for the first time, it really fits in as a piece of this overall series. 
it 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 reads mostly like an introduction. Mm-hmm. Like it does, you know, like because nothing really happens. Like I can like in the context of the book itself, like Roland has a little adventure, and then he meets another person, and he tells a story, and then he has a little adventure, and then but like there's no, there are very few stakes in like the it's very low it's a low stake book because mm-hmm. I feel like because I guess when you know it's a series so like obviously I know that you know if if Harry Potter one through seven has come out and I read Torture Stone I know Harry's going to survive to the end it's not really a mystery um and so so I I guess it's just like it, it reads as like I'm just kind of waiting for you to get to the next place and that's why I liked that last chapter because I'm like aha now I realize why we're here. Walter has told me why I read the like all these other pages. Right. Well, I feel like what – like you say, it's an introduction. I really feel like this book is – especially when you think about it as its place in a series. This book is unadulterated. Who is Roland? Who is Roland of Gilead? That's all this book is, which is important because already by the drawing of the three, you're getting other major characters introduced. So you don't get to spend as much time with Roland in later books. So this is a chance to see unadulterated who is Roland at this point in his story. And the kind of the cool part is you don't actually know semi-spoilers. You don't know where he is in his story, as you will learn to come, as you will later find out. Okay. Um, so is that, is that stuff like like Roland, uh, Walter was talking about? Like, oh, like I'm near immortal, and you kind of are too. Like, is that partly? That's part. Um, yes. That without me spoiling later books, that's yes. They're, they're, right. Because my mind is. My mind is ready for foreshadowing. So, like, you read stuff and you're like, oh, that's important. Oh, that's important. Oh, that's important. Oh, that's important. But I never – like, there's no payoff in this book for any of those oh, things. Oh, no, not at all. It, it's built for you to roll into the next one. Uh, gotcha. Okay. In which I did, but then I spent so much time with the um, – was it Eddie, right? Is that his name? Yes. Yeah. I spent so much time with Eddie in the second one that I was like, Bleh. I don't care about Eddie. I didn't like – I didn't care about Eddie. They spent so much time like battling crabs. I was like, I'm just so, – so let me ask you, uh, number one, in one through seven, how does the gunslinger stack like rank rank-wise? For, well, for, for, for me personally? Yeah. Um, ooh, it's in the top three. Okay. I really like it. I, I, but I, you really like it be, because of how it fits into the rest of them. R- well, actually, I've always liked it. Like, even when I read it, like, the first time, I, I liked it. I, I like the sense of it's a, it, it's a spaghetti western, but already in the first book you realize you've got King Arthur stuff in it. You've got mm-hmm. science fiction in it. I mean, this book, when I try to explain it, it's like take horror, fantasy, western, science fiction, and a th- mythology and throw it in a blender. Yep. That's this book. Yeah, and it's funny because all of those things, I'm like, yes, all of those things. Mutant zombies, I'm on board. Like crazy wizards, I'm on board. Like, like weird 
parallel realities realities i'm on board mythology i'm like all those things i'm like i'm here for this and then it's almost like weirdly like doctor who where you put it all in a blender and you're like it's all of these things you're like yeah right i like all those things it's like pastiche is either hit or miss for me like star wars is pastiche right it's all these different things mushed together and you know and it's the westerns and it's the samurai and it's the sci-fi and it's the fantasy and it's all these things and you're like sweet deal this one i think maybe because it's the bulk of its Western, which is not a genre that I tend to gravitate towards, it takes a little bit of more hurdling for me to like to be on board to to get there. But I, but I, I am in any Stephen King book. What it does, it, it makes you consistently intrigued. Mm-hmm. Like even when I'm like, ooh, I don't know if I care right now. I do care. I actually do care. I need to know. Um, and that's what he's really good at. You need to know. Yeah, I I will tell you my personal favorite is the fourth book, okay. uh, Wizard and Glass, because it's like take the flashback to Roland's childhood that you get in the Gunslinger, mm-hmm. and then make that half the book. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so, so for me, I guess because I love the world, I love the the world that he creates with Midworld. Mm-hmm. I love and, – and I loved getting sort of like back in the day when there were the kings and the gunslingers who are basically the knights of the round table. And like sure. – so the more there was of that, I think that's why this one ranks so so high is because it has that flashback to his childhood. But it also feels like that – those Quest for the Holy Grail romances where you're just following the one knight through his quest like it's a Galahad or a Percival or whatever. It's like – like you, you know there's this other bigger world there, but the story is focused on the one lone questing knight and his struggles through the Joseph Campbellian you know, hero's journey. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's, that's why you're you're, re, you're selling me on a book I just read. Like that's <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> which is why this one does rank so rank so high for me. And then I think you know here's a hot take. I know the internet loves hot takes. I really enjoy book seven, and there's a lot of people who don't. It's a, it's amazing. I think there are people who like were the long term fans who by the time they got to the book seven, I really feel like no no final book would have satisfied the fans. Especially if you've been reading it since the seventies. That's right. You got twenty years of thinking about like fulfilling a more than that, right? Because it, it was like thirty years of like reading this, you know, this like uh, this series. Like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to end this way. It's going to do this, and this person's this. It's like Star Wars fans or something like that. You know, yeah. like it's it, very hard to fulfill lifelong fans. Exactly. And so, I what I did in two thousand seventeen, I read. All eight and a half books, and I'll exp- I can explain that later if you're interested. Uh, yes. if, uh, but I read all eight and a half books in two months. June and July of 2017, I binged The Dark Tower. And and had you you that was the second time reading through them, or no, that the... was the second time reading through one through four. Gotcha. And then you read five, six, and seven in a great in a very small amount of time. So. Um or or and eight and and a half. So yes. does it so does it play 
well marathoning them. I think like so. That. I think it improves the experience if you marathon it because your brain doesn't lose the details. Gotcha. Gotcha. But so let me ask let me ask you this like should I do that? Should I go out of my chronological order and do that or should I continue to should I continue to to go in the way that I've been doing it so I don't lose the the easter eggy thread? I think keep doing it the way you're doing it because the easter eggy thread will pay off. I read enough of the what I call the Dark Tower adjacent books mm-hmm. that by the time I just binged the whole thing, I knew enough to go, okay, this either I either I know what this is referencing, even if I have or haven't read the book, or I can go, that's referencing something. I know it's referencing something. I'll just eventually You'll get there. I'll get there. Mm-hmm. But I would say keep doing what you're doing and, you know, just because you'll you'll have a much more authentic experience because you will have read everything like a like a constant reader would have had where I've got my list and I'm kind of doing it where now I'm kind of going back and, I, and I'm reading the ancillary books chronologically with the knowledge of I know how the Dark Tower plays out. It's interesting. It's an interesting perspective on itself. What is this eight and a half nonsense? Okay. There is a novella called The Little Sisters of Illuria that was published in an anthology called Legends. It actually takes place before Gunslinger. Okay. Uh, And then it was later published. I love it when authors eventually publish all their stuff together. And if you get the book Everything's Eventual – the Little Sisters of Eloria is published in that collection. Okay. So – and it's another one of those solo Roland adventures. It's while he was still – it's while he was still chasing uh, the man in black. So it's a nice little standalone story that you can really read at any time. You just know it takes place before everything, chronologically speaking. Gotcha. Have you read the Marvel – um, adaptations. I have. I've read them all. I actually got. The, there's two omnibuses uh, that they published them all in, and I've got. I've read through all of them. I'm actually at the point now where they come with companion pieces full of ancillary material, kind of like you know the back of Watchmen, mm-hmm. and also essays and such that were composed. Uh, specifically for this collection. So I'm actually reading through the companions now. I've read through the actual comics, and now I'm reading through all the ancillary, like, mythology-building things. Because basically even Stephen King forgot details, and so he hired an assistant by the name of Robin Firth to basically say, wow, you know all about the Dark Tower. I need you to read over my stuff to catch the the continuity mistakes that even I'm going to make. And so Robin Firth has kind of become like this emissary of the Dark Tower, uh, compiled the compendium you can buy with all the reference, basically like a Dark Tower encyclopedia. And Robin Firth was even the one who plotted all the Marvel comics. Uh, and then other writers like Peter David went in and actually wrote the script off of Robin Firth's plotting. That's a cool job. Oh, yeah. That's – yeah. So, deal. So, yeah, I've read all of those. And then the eighth book was something that he published – Oh, I was I, I think 
somewhere in the last 10 years. It's called The Wind Through the Keyhole. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's the eighth book published. It technically takes place in between book four and five. Okay. Necessary? Good? No, not necessary. Um, it's, it's, it, it's fun. It's like, it's a nice little... It like I actually slotted it in between four and five in my binge, uh, but it was more of a ah, oh, it's more of a it, it's a Russian nesting doll of a book. There, it's literally a story within a story within a story. So there's like multiple framing devices. Hmm. So I mean that that sounds interesting to me, but I guess not if I'm looking to continue the main narrative. Thread. No, 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 no. It is completely ancillary when it comes to the main narrative because it would be like watching. It would be like watching like um, Revenge of the Sith and then watching Solo and then watching A New Hope. Exactly. Like, yeah. This is this doesn't pick up any of the threads that I thought it was going to pick up. No, not at all. I can go ahead and tell you this without spoiling anything that it's. It's the framing de- – the first framing device is immediately after book four. He tells a flashback and then in the flashback, the it tells like a fair – like a, 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 a campfire story from – like a Gilead campfire story. Okay. So it's this – so it's it's just a nice little – oh, let's just, let's just dip our toe back into the world of the Dark Tower – you know, it's not it's not required at all. It's just fun. Cool. Okay. Uh, so let me ask: if your top three is one and four, what's that third place bit in I, there? I, I think it's seven. It's that seven. Was, okay. Yeah, which is like I said, which is very controversial. It's either seven or five. Okay, as long as it's not two, because no, no, I no, 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 like... not two. And I'm going to tell you honestly, I enjoy two more than you do. My uh, my week, my two weak spots for me are three and six. Three and six. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm going to get there because it, no matter like no matter what, I want to read them, and I'm I'm doing my chronological read whether I've read them before or not. So, um, sort of out of order. I d- I realized that I didn't read the stand when. It originally came out. I had some for some reason just opted for reading like when it, the re-release. Like, oh, the expand the, the expanded yeah. version. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, he expanded it then. Didn't I? Didn't technically hold true for the Gunslinger in the same way, but um, so I'll get to the stand in the nineties, I guess. Whatever. But no, it's those. and it's fine because he even sh- time shifted it to the nineties anyway, so it it will it will make more sense chronologically because the references. Sh- the the real world references change when you expand the stand. Really? Yes. So he went in and changed the references for the re-release. Yes. Interesting. Wow. What a guy. Stephen I know. King. So what I, well, like I said, I mean, I I think it's interesting because the original version of the Gunslinger reads more like a little pulp novel, like you're getting a little Zane Gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I feel like the expanded version feels that way. It feels more expanded. It feels more immersive, especially like me, where I read the original version on my first read, and I read the expanded version on my second read. And I remember reading the expanded version of Gunslinger, going, "This wasn't in there the first time." Like I I, I didn't I didn't know, but I was just like, "No, this is referencing something I wouldn't know about until later." Yeah, well, it it gave me enough that I 
am interested to continue. And I think I'd be more interested if I hadn't read half of the drawing of the three, knowing what to expect. And I'm like, oh, gosh, OK, let's just get 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 moving here. Um, so does it pick up pace from does it pick up a pace after one, two, or is it that kind of methodically? It is it is meth- it is methodic the whole way. I I mean you you get the sense of this is a journey. Okay, now I don't have a problem with that if I know that's what I'm to expect. Because yes. like I love Lord of the Rings. The whole thing is methodical. You know, like it's the journey that's the exciting part. The destination is not the it is the end goal, but not the important part, if that makes sense, right? You know, oh, so. absolutely. And that is definitely going to hold true for the Dark Tower. Once okay. again, level setting when it comes to, I think, what people find frustrating about the way the Dark Tower ends is that it is about the journey. The tower was in his heart all along. I got it. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I would say that... Uh, Book six is the shortest one, uh, it, and it gets it goes into it goes into weird places that a lot of King fans didn't like. Uh, but I will say that I felt like five, six, and seven r- because they were all written together. I feel like they they're consistent. They're cons- they're con- they're more consistent than w- one through four. Like I, I feel like you you'll feel the difference of. Here were the ones that were published like five to ten years apart. Here are the three that were all written at one time. Gotcha. Well, it's going to be an interesting reading experiment all the same. So um, so I thank you for coming on to talk to me about The Gunslinger because it does make me feel better about my reading experience. Because I, I would like it and I liked it and I recommend it to people. But I like need – like I almost need to be told why I like it apart from you like Stephen King. You know, like so it uh, – that helped. And well, it, knowing that it's a – knowing that it is supposed to just be an introduction for a whole as opposed to – because it does feel like like someone took like a quarter of a book and gave it to me. No, like no. I can completely understand that. And, so, and I would not – I would not hold it against someone who would criticize it for that because I've always been someone who believed that books in a series, while they can fit inside of the arc itself – I feel like a book still needs to be able to stand alone as its own book. That's right. It should be, in a way, its own complete story. And The Gunslinger is not really a complete story. It is the introduction to one long story. So knowing knowing that will help like frame the rest of the series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Scott, thanks very much for coming on, and you are welcome back anytime. Thank you so much, Tim. You have been listening to Read Up, the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. You can find Read Up on Twitter at Read Up Podcast and the host at Timothy PG13. Rate and review Read Up on iTunes and listen on any place podcasts can be found. Head over to patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio to support all of your favorite Thought Bubble Audio podcasts. You can find all of the Thought Bubble Audio programs at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Until next time, have a good read.